Welcome to the Dewhawk Digest, the podcast for all things Loris College. In this episode, we will discuss admissions and campus tours with Kyle Klapatowskis, the Director of Admission Recruitment and Retention. I'm Robert Waterbury, Assistant Director of Campus Communications, and before we get started, I wanted to say a quick thank you to everyone who has been downloading and listening to the Dewhawk Digest these past six months. I hope you're enjoying the information and stories that we're sharing, and if you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to email me at robert.waterbury at loris.edu. Waterbury is W-A-T-E-R-B-U-R-Y. We would love your feedback. Kyle, welcome to the Dewhawk Digest. Thanks, Robert. So how are things going with you this hot summer day? They, at the micro level, things are going, <laughs> things are going well. No, I mean, there, it's, I mean, I think for so many people, um, that constant adjustment to COVID-19 um, is both exciting in a lot of ways because it's forcing us to rethink uh, how we approach our jobs, how we approach our work, how we pr- approach our services. Um, there's some fatigue to that, but, but that's, that's our job. And, and, you know, in admission in particular, I was saying to our admission team, uh, when COVID-19, uh, first hit, you know, we're in a lot of ways, we're at the front lines from a financial standpoint with bringing in students for enrollment. And so, um, there are a lot of, there are a lot of people at Loris. There are a lot of our colleagues who want to help and they can help and everybody plays a role in enrollment. Um, we have the opportunity to play a significant role. So um, to me, I think that's a, that's a great challenge and a, and, a, and a privilege and an opportunity to be able to do that, to be able to help at this time through our, through our job. Sure. So, yeah, so this has been a pretty interesting last few months, uh, obviously for everybody, but for you guys, it's yeah. been, uh, been interesting because one of your main elements for kind of attracting prospective students and being able to, to I mean, it's showing off the campus mm-hmm. and we haven't been able to do that for quite a few months. So some of the hurdles, obviously, that we've seen, but how have you been able to kind of work through that? Well, we've, we've created a lot of virtual content. So whether it's uh, live uh, events where they can zoom in, um, uh, we, we've created a lot of those different events, and I can go into some of those specifics, but also creating video content that they can access whenever um, so that they can see campus. So developing a more detailed campus tour um, before before campus was shut down, we had come up a couple of our student ambassadors record audio, and we we spliced that together to have a five-minute campus tour um, uh, where we were able to show off campus. And wasn't exactly the same as being in person, but but it was nice to have that. And and that's one of the benefits of now we have this for students and families, not just during COVID-19, but now we have this collateral, um, these resources for people beyond COVID-19. Um, uh, you know, 10 years from now, oh, well, we'll want to update it, right? Well, maybe say five years from now, five <laughs> years from now, right? Like they, people can still log in and, or they can go to our website and get a tour of campus if they're, you know, in California uh, and it's 10 p.m. out in California and it's, it's uh, you know, midnight here, they can do that. So it's, it's exciting to have these assets built. So what what does the virtual tour consist of? Obviously, you have the the commentary from the student ambassadors, mm-hmm. and then what do they see? What, what do they see when they're taking the tour? Yeah, well, the so 
the virtual tour is a five minute video. So they're gonna see the buildings and they're gonna hear about the buildings and, and, and try to get a feel for, for campus life like that. Um, what we talked about when we're like, okay, what happens when they're on campus in person and then how do we recreate that? And to what extent do we want to re recreate that? Well, yes, it's seeing the buildings and it's hearing about the buildings and hearing what, what happens in the buildings, but it's also the spirit of campus. And that's what people talk about. It isn't just the buildings. Part of the campus tour that sells so many people where they're like, man, this is just different than other places is the people and walking around and seeing people. So um, we also have some video content where they, um, or it isn't even so much the, the, the campus buildings, but it's a general overview. And that's, you know, we made a two minute video that, kind of tries to get a capture of, of, of campus and there aren't too many shots where it's just the building, right? It's the people on campus. Um, whereas our, our five minute tour, it's more here's the building and we might have some B footage of, of activities and events that are happening, but a lot of it is here's this one building. So when we're referencing it, this is what it looks like. And the goal is also, you know, for people to see it, maybe they go online and look at it and then they're like, wow, I want to see that in person because this is a beautiful campus. It looks like a beautiful campus as well. Sure. What's the, what's the initial reaction been to people who have toured and kind of gotten a, gotten a sense of it? Have you seen more of like, you know, I'd really like to come on campus if campus is now open for me to come? Yes. And we've used a lot of those footage, a lot of that video for some of our live events. So our virtual events. And so we'll maybe play, you know, for, for one of our every week I do a, a general admission presentation. So it's 30 minutes. So I'm gonna have a brief overview. Um, and we'll play the two minute video for that. Uh, we had a larger spring preview week where we had three different preview days and we used the five minute video for that. We had a student panel via Zoom, student, current students joined in. Um, we had a recording of President Collins. And we have gotten feedback from the students and families who, who have attended those events where they're like, this was really helpful. It was great seeing campus, especially, and you know, they understand the limitations, right? They're not like, how come you guys are closed, right? right they know. Right. Um, but for them, that was really helpful um, with, uh, especially for some of the students this spring where they were like, okay, I'm trying to decide and I haven't visited campus yet. This helps. This really does help. Okay. So and you referenced the live experience. How is that kind of help? expand beyond just the virtual tour what is it what's that experience like for somebody tuning in and listening to yeah. you uh, kind of expand on loris we've talked about for that we want them to get a feel for campus right so to hear from the current students so having that live the, those live students um and for these events that we've been doing uh the, these presentations we, there's a different feature with with zoom that we've been using where it's the webinar format where they the, the students who are logging in, the prospective students and their families, we don't see their video. They don't see each other's videos. Um, so it's really just us that they see. And part of that's, you know, to have some control, right? Uh, part of it's also to make it more aesthetically pleasing so there isn't just this panel of 50 different videos up, up front. Um, but what I tell them is while we're not using the chat feature, we have a Q&A that they can submit. And so we have other people on the admission team who are behind the scenes, who are answering questions throughout. Uh, so we did that for the, the preview week. We do that for our weekly admission presentations. Um, we had a, a national alumni board sponsored a, a parent panel um, where we had 50 different parents uh, join in for that. Uh, and we had some, some parents lead that. And it's really interesting seeing how many questions are submitted throughout. And, and I bring that up because we're part of what we're trying to 
replace as best as possible or to, to continue, I should say, from our in-person visits are this awareness that these people are here to help. Look, at they're answering my questions right away. I don't have to wait so long. I'm not just a number. They're here to help me and they can answer my questions. Um, and this is what everybody's telling me about Loris and, I, and I'm seeing it firsthand myself. So that's, that's part of what we wanted to, to have as well, where we can answer their questions in real time and help them. I was snapping if you hear that noise. <laughs> that shows up really well in a, in a podcast. But, um, but to be able to, to help them and then to do the follow-up right away. You know, hey, do you want us to connect you to a faculty member? Do you want, you know, connecting them to their admission rep? We've done one-on-one Zooms for admission reps with, with students and families if they want to talk with us as well, and, and we've set that up for them. Okay, so if somebody's interested in, in the live event, obviously they can get the virtual tour just mm-hmm. by going, you know, logging into lauras.edu slash admission. Yep. If they want to do a live event, is that something they need to schedule? Is that something that, how do, how do they get yep, involved in that? they schedule it, so they have to schedule it. And, and our visit page, I should say, um, www.loras.edu slash visit us. I'm pretty sure that's it. It's when you put on the spot, you're like, you know, I suddenly forgot my phone number too, right? But, um, but they to schedule those events, yep. And we're communicating with students and families about these events that are coming up. We have three um, uh, specific panels, virtual panels that we're trying out in Jan- in July, just to kind of get a feel for, you know, if we have a more niche audience, what might that look like, right? Or it's not just this general overview of Laura. So we have one for athletics, just a general athletics. Uh, Q&A, and we have some coaches and some current students who are going to be on there. We have one for our spiritual life office to talk about, you know, different activities and way to get in, ways to get involved and grow in their faith. Um, we have one, uh, Lynn, Dr. Lynn Gallagher uh, from the Lynch Learning Center is going to have a virtual panel as well. And that's something, too, where, you know, having conversations with Lynn, a lot of students and families, especially if they're interested in the Lynch Learning Center, they're visiting campus earlier, right? They're not waiting until their senior year because they have a lot of questions. Um, and and not that it isn't a, a big decision for any college student, but they need to know the resources and, and the accommodations that are right. available. And so with campus being closed, yes, they can go to the website. Yes, they can visit at some point, but how can we bridge that gap for them? Uh, because they have a lot of these questions. So we have that coming up in July and we have another preview week in August where we've tweaked it a little bit um, but it's going to have some similarities to the preview week that we had in, in May. Yes. So with all these tours, the virtual tours going on, actually campus is opening up for in-person tours, but there's going to be some restrictions, mm-hmm. obviously, all these changes. What's, what's going to be different moving forward with the on-campus tours? So we have a couple different phases. This first phase, we are open, but it's by request only. Um, so we're not... We're not uh, that people can't even sign up by going into the database. They have to contact our visit office. And part of that's to minimize numbers, uh, to be careful about numbers. Um, and for a lot of the students who are requesting uh, to be on campus, there's kind of this backlog of students and families who, once again, weren't able to visit campus. And they don't necessarily need a full tour. Um, for some of them, they're like, I just want to see the residence halls, right? Or I'd like to see the library um, or the science hall. And so. It's, it's not the traditional tour or it's not the traditional campus visit if they were here, um, you know, six months ago. Um, 
some of the big differences, and, and this is going to be a change that's throughout, but, you know, with meals, we love to, you know, I think the food at Loris is good. Um, <laughs> it's good food. But that's that's a challenge, and, and we're, we're not going to be able to do that. So we're also adjusting times with that. Right. Um, in the past, in the summer, we would have more limited hours, and it was fine for people. Sure. Right? We could say, you know, we have an 11 a.m. tour, and we have a 1 p.m. tour. <laughs> well, it's a little bit different now. And once again, from spacing it out, really, there's a lot of flexibility so it's like, hey, whenever you want to, sh- sort of. I mean, we have a lot of almost sure. on the hour, different time slots, basically. I mean, we have we have so many options for people, and, and part of that's to space it out. So you're personally cooking meals for everybody since I the cafeteria am. is closed and that's, down. And that's, yeah. um, sorry, <laughs> I, you caught me off guard with that joke. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm growing lettuce, and so just giving them leaf lettuce. Well, that'll fill them up. Feedback's been great. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the... The feedback surveys have been really positive so about that. Admission numbers for rabbits are just they through are. the roof, exactly. so that's great. So, so that's the first phase. That phase actually ends um, next week, so or officially on uh, July 7th. That's going to be phase two. And the main difference with phase two is that um, we will be opening up if they want to meet with a faculty member, and that faculty member is available to meet with them. Um, Whereas phase one, it was much more condensed, uh, or sorry, much more limited as far as what they could what they could do. Sure. Um, with phase two, um, we are p- people don't have to make it. Th- their visits aren't by appointment only, so they can go into the system and register. Um, we have similar restrictions though for both phase one and phase two, which you know we're wearing face masks if we're inside. Um, uh, once again, limited numbers, no meals on campus. Right. Um, uh, we don't have student ambassadors giving tours this summer. You know, that's a difference. And that's something where part of it's being mindful of the students. Um, but we also understand that we love, you know, s- prospective students and families love hearing from current students, right? They do a great job of promoting Loris. Um, but that's something that that's in place for the summer. As we look ahead to the fall, um, it's, you know, it's probably going to look very similar mm-hmm. to that. Um, our large group visits most likely won't be happening this fall. So, you know, we would have preview days throughout the year, and and we it wasn't uncommon to have 30 students plus all their family members attending a preview day, and we just can't have those this fall because of the setup. We'll, right. we'll, we'll revisit it again in the spring. Um, same thing with scholarship events. You know, our, our November scholarship event, we had, I think, 115 students attend that scholarship event, and we just have to rethink how we do that. And... That's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we want to revisit recognizing students who have been successful, who have strong GPAs, and how do we how do we want to uh, fold that into some type of financial aid, right? So sure, um, but we just can't do that on purpose on in person. Yeah. Sorry. So let's take a step back and kind of look at, a, at the bigger picture. So you are the director of admission recruitment. What does that mean? What what do you do with admission? With admission, it's about getting students to come to Loras. Um, and, you know, one thing that I'm really proud of working at Loras, this, and, and I just finished my fourth year as the uh, director of admission at Loras. It's my 10th year total at Loras. I've never been pressured to bring a student to Loras that we don't think will be successful here. And so we say, yes, it's about getting students here. Part of it, though, it's, um, you know, it's because we have this great school and there's so many great resources. And the people who are listening to this probably agree, I, unless there are a lot of people who listen to these podcasts who hate Loris, right? I don't think that's the case. But um, and so it's really 
letting them know here are these great opportunities here's the smaller class you know some the smaller class sizes the access that you're going to have to faculty staff um uh the current students right here here's how our financial aid model even though um it's different than what a state school might look like you know on average students at lowers pay the same amount as a state university it's getting that word out to them and it's getting it to the students the, the parents, the different influencers uh, of students and, and the decisions that they're making. And, and then a lot of it from our end is just helping them along that process, being a resource for them. And we have talked about this as a team where, you know, if we're, if we're looking at it as sales and we say, here's this product that we're selling, that's Loris. Well, I don't have control over a lot of the product, right? I don't have control over the, the sport management program. Dr. Garrett does a great job, phenomenal job with that, right? And I, and I could talk about all the different other academic areas and, and you know, co-curricular areas. But what we do have control over as far as what we're selling is the personal connection with students and their families, because that's what we tell them about. You're not just going to be a number here at Loris. And so... For us, it's how do we have that personal connection with families and guide them through this process that for so many families is stressful, whether it's their first child or whether it's their fourth child at Loris, they still have different stresses. Um, and so how can we be a resource for these students and families and to get them here, right? Because <laughs> we're enrollment driven. And, um, you know, I, I, we had a meeting last week with the team and and I said, it's a, I, I highlighted Robbie Strand and I'm gonna call out Robbie in this, he's our associate director and he works closely with students who are transferring in. That's his territory, transfer students. Robbie will still have students and families reaching out to them two years after they've enrolled, right? Or they have another kid who's thinking about Loris and they'll reach out to, you know, the parents will reach out to Robbie. He has that personal connection with them. I, I had a parent reach out to me last week and I took this as a compliment. He said to me, he was like, I don't think you have the answer to this, but I think you can help me. And in a lot of ways, that's a lot of admission. We don't need to have all the answers. What we need, though, is for the students and families that we're working with, the high school teachers and counselors, right, who are working with students as well, all these different people who are playing a role with, with the college decision process. We need them to know that we can help them and we will connect them with the appropriate resources if we don't have the answers for them. Yeah, so it's kind of... That was a really long answer. Did you... That was a great answer. Yeah. And actually, I was just going to say, actually, it's kind of fun... Seeing your seeing your change, I mean, yeah. I was kind of talk, but like it's clearly you don't like this at all. I mean, you can hear the passion, just kind of see like the excitement when you yeah. just talk about admission. Yeah. It's, it's really great to hear. Yeah. I, you know, one of my roles too, spe specifically one of my roles, um, I review students' GPAs and test scores if they fall below being automatically admitted. Um, and so our auto admit is if you have a 2.5 cumulative GPA or higher, and if your ACT is a 20 or higher, if your SAT is a 1030 or higher, then you're automatically admitted. And we are having conversations about what to do because of ACT and SAT cancellations, um, and we're telling students we'll work with them. But traditionally, my role has been to, or, or the last couple years, uh, to work with students um, if they fall below that, and really trying to take that holistic approach. We put more emphasis on GPA than we do test scores. Um, but one of the most fulfilling parts of my job has been working with students who have lower scores and getting to know them, hearing their story. And sometimes it's having a phone conversation with one of their teacher references, which a five minute phone conversation with the teacher is so much more productive than having them write a letter. And I think the teachers appreciate that as well. Um, but, you know, sometimes and what I tell students and this is a pitch, but it's also something that I believe in. Absolutely. 
I'll tell them one of the things that I love about Loris is you're not just a number here. So why would I treat you as just a cumulative GPA or an ACT score? And it's really interesting hearing some of the students' stories or digging deeper where maybe their cumulative GPA is lower. But I think of this one student who's going to be starting this fall. Her cumulative GPA is lower. Uh, freshman year of high school, her father passed away. And since junior year, her GPA has been above a 3.0, and she's just dynamite and impressive to the point where, like, why is your GPA that low? Or when you don't know that and you start interacting, when I started interacting with her, I'm like, wow, you're, yeah, that, that GPA is not a reflection of who you are, and you absolutely can be successful here at Loris. Similarly, there are situations with students where um, maybe their parents aren't involved with the college process or they're not as familiar with the college process. Um, and, um, and so having those conversations for some students, um, maybe English isn't the first language or the primary language that's spoken at home. Um, for some students, they maybe have been diagnosed with anxiety or depression. Um, uh, for some students, they've just been blunt and said, I wasn't taking school seriously until senior year. You know, and they're like, and then I realized I needed to change things. And then it's interesting having the phone call with the teacher reference. And they're like, yeah. And they, they back it up. They're like, the light's gone on. The, lights, the light switch has gone on this year. They're really taking it seriously. And so for me, that is so exciting hearing some of these students. And then when I'll ask them, what, why do you want to go to Loras? Or why do you want to go to a four-year school? Or why, what excites you about going off to college? That's mm -hmm. a question. I like asking the same questions, at least having the base questions for these students. And for some of them who are like, I'd, I'll be the first person in my family to get a college degree and I want to be an example for other people in my community. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm like, you're in, right? <laughs> like, and I, I mean, we still go through the rest of the process. Um, and for me, I, I think of some students where um, there have been some students that I've admitted where hearing their stories, I mean, like, I'm like kind of wiping some tears. So you know, we're on the phone and they don't hear that, but there have been some situations where, you know, those different moments when you're like, okay, what's my role or why am I doing this, right? If you have some, I don't, you don't have that, Robert. I know you love your job. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, but there have been some moments where I'm like, and I don't usually go this, I don't usually have this dichotomy where it's like it's either or, right? Or it's, it's this black and white. But there have been some moments where I'm like, if the main reason I had this job was to admit this student, then then I'm very content with the decision to be in this job and to be in this position. Um, it's about giving them access. It's about giving them an opportunity. And, and, um, and I'm excited to continue to do that and, and excited to challenge our team to continue to think about like, hey, how are, we, how are we working with these students and families and how can we connect them to Loris because it's a good fit for them and they will thrive and they will take this education and this experience and they will continue to grow from it. Okay, so you've been in this role for four years. Four years, yeah. But that's not where your Loris story started. Your no. started before that. So let's rewind a little bit farther. And when did uh, when did Kyle connect to Loris initially? Okay, well, so I've shared this story with a couple different, few different people. Um, I was in third grade, and I'm from a small town in north central Wisconsin, Thorpe, Wisconsin, and. Um, I'm the youngest of four, and my oldest brother, Todd, was a junior or senior in high school. And after mass one Sunday, we stopped at the Thorpedo, the home, the home, you know, the small town restaurant. You know, it's a town of like 1,400 people, kind of like Loris, right, yeah. in that community. And uh, we're there, we're eating, and there was a couple, uh, you know, family, everybody's kind of like family friends in a small town, but this couple from our, from our hometown, they're like, hey, you know, are you looking at schools? And 
my brother was like, yeah, you know, interested in sport management. And they're like, you should check out Loris College in Dubuque, Iowa. They're like, our granddaughter is married to somebody who works at Loris. So, you know, you should check that out. You should go visit. Well, their granddaughter is Lisa Collins, Jim Collins' wife. Uh, it was the Soderberg family. Um, and my older brother came to Loris. He met his wife here. Then my other brother went to Platteville, so we kind of shunned him. And uh, <laughs> my sister then came to Loris. She met her husband here. And, and, and I knew at a young age that Loris was the place for me. And, and I, I've shared this story as well. I, it was, I was in fourth grade, and it was Halloween, and it was family weekend. And my parents were bringing me down to see my brother, Todd, and... Um, and I was so upset. I was you know, a selfish child. I mean, I'm, yeah. And, and I was like, why are we going? You know, why are we going to see Todd and blah, blah, blah. And, and I, I mean, I didn't have anything against Todd. I was just being selfish. I wanted mm-hmm. to stay home to trick or treat. And we came to Loris, came to Dubuque. And my brother Todd and his friends took me trick or treating around Dubuque. And then they, there was like this dance and they took me to the dance. I remember one of Todd's friends like putting me on his shoulders and like <laughs> dancing with me. And I just remember this place is awesome. <laughs> like these people are great. They're amazing. And so for me, that was probably the first moment though, where I was like, this place is really special. Mm-hmm. Um, and then graduated in 2004, um, met my wife, Stephanie here. She's a 2005 grad and then went to grad school, uh, taught at the secondary level. And then I returned to Loris in 2010 as the academic success and retention coordinator. So that's where retention had been in my title and then kind of shifted, um, but yeah, and, and that's also where I have a soft spot for students whose numbers maybe are a little bit lower on the surface, right? But, uh, you know, I, I had, I was really, uh, I had the opportunity to work with a lot of students who maybe had lower GPAs to start, but they graduated, right? And they, they turned things around and that was really exciting. But also, once again, was never forced to keep somebody here or to advocate mm-hmm. for a student when we didn't think it was in their best interest. And there've been a lot of students where we, having those conversations where it's like, I don't think you should be at Loris at this moment in your life and it's nothing against you. It's because we do care and you have some other challenges or some other, some other items in your life that you're, that you need to figure out or that you're, that you need to address. Um, and those were really good conversations, not fun conversations, but really good conversations with those students too. And kind of in the, in the admission side, once again, kind of that consistency of let's get students here that we think um, can be successful here. And sometimes it's, they can be successful here and they have the right, and let's connect them, connect them with additional resources as well. Sometimes it's not yet, right? It's not a no, not ever, but it's not yet. Um, so, well, and, and getting that context, kind of having your your background, I mean, that Loris experience early on, and just such that, yeah, you know, clearly a lasting memory of coming here, even, yeah. even when you didn't want to be here, and suddenly, you know, and great things tra- happen. And I almost transferred. Oh, really? Out of Loris, yeah. My freshman, yeah. my first year at Loris, I almost transferred. I almost went to UW-Madison to follow a girlfriend. Don't ever do that. I didn't end up marrying her. So. <laughs> well, you came back here I and came you back actually here. found I stayed, wife, so, yeah. yeah. But but actually, one thing that was really interesting, so yeah, I almost transferred. Um, and, and part of it, I was really interested in theater. That wasn't just the girlfriend, right? But, um, but I was really interested in theater, and uh, Loris didn't have a theater major. So I was like, I could go to this bigger university that has a major and, you know, could do more of that. And um, Doug Donald, who was the theater director at the time, and Andy Augie, uh, English professor, he was my advisor all four years. They talked with each other when they heard that, I, you know, because I'd shared with them, you know, I was thinking about potentially tra- transferring. And they talked with each other and um, they encouraged me to do some more writing and some creative writing. And I'd been doing some things just trying to make people laugh. And they're like, what if we stage this? Doug was like, what if we stage this? And, and that really 
inspired me to do more playwriting and to get into creative writing. And it's interesting because I brought it up to Doug and Andy, you know, maybe like eight years later, 10 years later, and they're like, oh, we don't remember having that conversation. But I think that also speaks to, it's just what you do. Right. Like, hey, we think Kyle would be a good fit here. Yes, he doesn't have what this other school has, but he doesn't realize what Loris has that's different. It doesn't mean that this other university has more opportunities. It's that the other university has different opportunities. And for them to show the opportunities that I had here at Loris, I think, and, and then it's just what you do. It's just what you do with reaching out. And, you know, another piece too, not that I'm trying to turn this, <laughs> for like, we just wanted to talk about virtual events and you're sharing all your family memories. But, um, hour now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, but my senior year, my father passed away at Lor- when I was at Loris. And so once again, like the community being supportive, I mean, yeah, what a dynamite community to have. You know, we, it was, um, it was uh, once again, Thorpe is, Thorpe is about you know, four hours away in north central Wisconsin. The funeral was in February. It was like ice storm. And, you know, seeing how many people from Loris came up on a weekday in an ice storm to support me. And before we went back in to, you know, we were outside the lobby of the church and before bringing the casket in, um, the, we had a show, we had a theater show that the opening night was that night, the night of the funeral. So the funeral was Friday and I'd left the previous week or the previous weekend to come home and Doug and like half the cast walked in. And then right after the, the funeral mass, they went home. Yeah. They drove back. <laughs> And I did too. And I performed that night, you know, and it was one where like, and it's not one where it's like, oh, I'll be loyal to Loris no matter what, but it's kind of one like, well, why wouldn't you do this? Like, why wouldn't you be loyal? Why wouldn't Mm -hmm. you um, support? And that doesn't mean that you support the wrong things, but as far as saying like, how do we, how do we sell Loris? I think what it comes back to though, is it can't just be about our experiences. So like, I'm sharing this with you, but I don't share a lot of this with students and Mm -hmm. families. Um, because it's about listening to them and what are they looking for and what are the experiences they're looking for. Once again, it's not that we have the same experiences, but it's also not that we have less experiences or or opportunities, I should say. Um, It's really what are the opportunities that they're looking for and there's a really good chance they're gonna be be able to have those opportunities here at Loras. It might just look a little bit different for some Mm -hmm. and so that's where we need to help and guide them. Right, and it really is, Loris is really about community. It's the, it is, The Loris yeah. community, and sometimes it's, yeah, it's it's hard to define, but a- absolutely, it's there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So right, well, thanks for letting me go on that tangent, yeah. Robert. But, I mean, I think that does shape as far as, you know, yeah, that does shape as the, the decisions or, like, what's that loyalty to Loris? Or when people are talking about COVID-19 and the impact and saying, okay, yeah, this is serious from a financial standpoint. It's not just because it's a job, right? Right. And it's not just, I live across the street. I live on Kirkwood, by the way. Maybe I shouldn't share that publicly, but I'm just kidding. But it isn't just that Loris is my front yard. You know, you it's, it's the community and the stories and the memories. And why wouldn't we, and legacy, right? We talk about legacy all the time. And it's like, why, like, let's not, let's not run away from the challenge of this legacy or the challenge that we have to continue the legacy or to continue to have access for these students. Let's roll up our sleeves and, and what do we need to do? And yeah, it's draining at times, right? But but what do we need to do? And, and let's look at it as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. All right, well, well, I, I, 
hope you enjoyed your uh, audition for your own podcast. That seemed to go well. <laughs> but, Sorry. <laughs> no, not a problem. But I, I, I do appreciate you coming and talk, kind of sharing that context because yeah. that really is important, especially for people understanding the whole admission process. That this is not, as you said, it's not just numbers. It's yeah. it's there's there's people and and uh, there's actual heart behind all of it. So. And while we talk about sales, and it is sales, it's, once again, we're, it's, it's a product that we believe in. And, and I think for families, that's where we, you know, where do you find that balance of sharing enough of our story? But it's really, once again, not about telling them our story, it's hearing their story. And there's a good chance that their story can continue at Loras. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably the biggest challenge that we have for new reps who are graduate, grad, you know, they just graduated from Loras in May, and they're like, I'm starting. And, and one of the challenges for them, and so many of them jump in right away and they're dynamite, right? So, but, but one area that tends to be a challenge is while wow, there's so much to learn, right? Because they know their academic areas, but they maybe don't know all the academic areas. So sometimes there's this, well, I'm gonna fill the void by talking about my experience. And kind of our go-to tip and strategy and tool for them to put in their tool belt is, hey, just do, ask more questions. Just get to know them more. Like mm-hmm. you don't even have to have those answers. Like that's the great default. And not only is that helpful for you when you don't know all the answers, it's just it's just a great approach because you get to know them and you get to hear how might Loris be a good fit for you. Sure. So sure. Well, so anybody who's interested in the virtual tours or scheduling, they can actually go to uh, loris.edu. Visit hyphen us. Yep. So it's not just visit us; it's vision, visit, visit hyphen us. So yeah. um, be sure to check that out. Uh, check out the vis- the virtual tours. Look into the live experiences and kind of be sure to share that with anybody that you think would be a good fit for Loris kind of help because um, there are plenty of prospective students out there that would be a great fit here so and in the marketing uh, department once again working really closely uh, with with others in the marketing department we've got a new virtual t- virtual experience even it's not a five-minute video but it's a virtual experience that they're working on and uh, video content we're recording faculty members kind of doing a you know three to five minute video of their area so even though students might not be able to meet with faculty members at any given time having these highlights of programs and what alumni are doing and the, the return on the investment we're really excited so that's another next wave of content that we're creating so i would say keep checking the websites uh, as well and our visit page website will guide you to, to some of these other uh, links and, and resources as well yeah outstanding well kyle klapatowskis thank you so much for joining me sharing your uh, your loris experience and also giving some of those insights to what admissions been up to with all of this all these changes and challenges ahead of us and kind of all these new virtual great virtual experiences that people can take take advantage of awesome thank you robert Thank you to everyone who listened into our discussion. You can find updates on campus plans and the upcoming academic year on Loris Daily at daily.loris.edu. While you're there, be sure to subscribe for email updates on news, features, and videos, and of course, more podcasts. So there you can find all the old Duhawk Digest podcasts, the navigation at the top. Just click on podcast, find Duhawk Digest, and we hope you'll get caught up on, on all the old episodes as well. So We hope you'll join us for the next Dewhawk Digest. And until then, take care of yourselves and each other and go Dewhawks.